We are live. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Founder Hacks, our podcast where we share something we've seen, something we've read, and something we've learned that's been a source of inspiration for us and the founders that we work with. Uh, let me start by saying uh, hello to Mr. Alex Moore. Hello, gentlemen. Good to see you both. Hello, Mr. Alex Moore. And hello to Mr. Anthony Enright. Hello to you both. Hello, hello. So this week, we have a theme of legacy. And something that I think many entrepreneurs have to confront um, as they're reflecting on the future of their businesses. What is the legacy that we want to lead? We're building these businesses. They're in people's lives. They're changing people's lives, potentially for the better, potentially for the worse. But what is the legacy we're going to leave? Anthony Enright, I believe you've seen something on this theme you would like to share. I have seen something and... um... I'll share it with you. Um, and it's as entrepreneurs, when you've really got to that point where you've had enough and you just think, I've either had enough of this business or I need a new challenge. What tends to happen is that the conversations I certainly have is that people talk purely about exiting and exiting being the only real option. So I've had enough. I need a new challenge, right? I've now got to sell the business or certainly extract myself from the business and my shareholding, however I go and do that. And of course, the the issue with that and the problem with that I tend to find is that that's quite a long, drawn-out process. You know, if somebody's, especially if you've reached the end of your tether and you're just at that point where you've tested and you've tried things, maybe you've fallen over um, a number of times and you just feel like failure big failure is, is 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 imminent and i guess then with the theme of legacy is that is is that your legacy and that's i have to exit or are there other options and you know can you really employ somebody to come in and take your place does that work and i guess the reason why i'm using that sort of intonation in my voice is that i'm not sure i've seen that in that many places where you're actually able to be in a position where you can hire somebody to come in and replace you for a whole myriad of reasons why I think we can potentially talk shortly. So I guess that's that's my question from a legacy perspective is that some entrepreneurs talk about never, ever exiting um, and some are, no, it's all about the exit. It's like, what, what's, what are the other options? Are there other options? Can your business really run if you can hire somebody to come in and replace you? What do you think? Alex, I think you're chomping at the bit to jump in on this one. Yeah, I like this one because, you know, when we talked about it, we go through our little chats on Monday to talk about what we're going to talk about. And you guys are like, well, I haven't seen it done very often. And it's it's actually what I did with my restaurant business. I hired a CEO just before I decided to put it on the market to replace me so that I could convince the buyer that I would walk out and they did the deal and I'd go and it would avoid an earnout. So I know it can be done because I've done it. And the guy I put in there is still there running it. And that's uh, five years on. So yes, it can work. And But it was bloody difficult. It's like the, the way I describe it is like giving your child up for adoption. And then you watch the new parents. You get to watch the child interacting with the new parents. Um, and whilst they give them sweets for breakfast. You know, and you're like, ah, oh, no, don't give my child sweets for breakfast. 
but anyway they they kind of learn and they get on so yeah i found it really really difficult and there was probably a whole episode of things i could talk about because i was so personally attached to my business letting go of it and letting someone else run it and that's the thing letting i think it was very difficult for him because i was very reluctant to let him do things i wanted him to run it the way i'd always run it and i think that's the difficult thing that this whole handing it over this leap of faith you this is how i used to run it you better run it now so it can work and it did result in me being able to exit the business but not you know to go down still connected to it and i kind of bargained back to a sort of two day a month deal so i don't have to really involve in the ops anymore but i do sit on the board still so that's how i that's how it worked for me did i do it to create a legacy no it was to do avoid doing an earnout does that make sense was that useful yeah, yeah the question? What, I'm, what, what i'm intrigued by is is like the learning here is that we you can go through that process but you got does it sound it sounds like to me you've got to step out of the way pretty quickly because i'm thinking about the implications on the staff as well the people that look to you um in that role if you're still around and they've got a a new md how does how does that chemistry work how does that yeah it's really difficult i felt like i was abandoning everyone and i'd have to like one time i had this alex one of the extracts is blown up i can't anyone it's friday night no one can help me and i had to go look i'm so sorry because i'd always i'd always be the one to fix the extract on a friday night because they always blew up on friday night. and i just go i'm so sorry i cannot interfere because it will create a big problem inside the company please go through the channels and that was the thing i guys i still care about this business but i've got to let the new guy run it now and you've got to lean on him you've got to lean on his processes so it was very difficult it was very very difficult but but ultimately you'd say right. alex that sorry yeah. you'd say it was a success right so so the business continues to grow retention rates actually, weren't an issue when the business is probably coming up to two and a half times bigger than it was when I when I stepped down. So I think you could even say that you guys done a better job than I did. <laughs> so, yeah, it does work. Um, and it was a, one of the more difficult things I've ever done, though. That's what I would say. The only I thing I'd feel say, like, though, is yeah, go ahead. It, it, it worked, but it was on the path to an effective exit. Yeah. Um, that's the interesting thing. I mean, what what would have been different if if the business then hadn't sold or that hadn't been the intention i wonder if that would have changed things or been different maybe, i don't think it would have worked know. if i think i had to have exited i had mm. to have gone out the door for it to have worked by the way i think where, yeah. where i have seen this work is with what you might call the you know, um money-based entrepreneurs um and often for me that i think the thing that i'm hearing from alex here and, and he's got the first-hand experience there is a sort of a humility and a generosity that you need um what i have seen often is people having an unrealistic expectation about what it takes to actually ask someone to run a business and that could be offering a salary that's way too low and below market rates that could be about not anticipating that this person is going to demand um you know reward commensurate with um what you would have rewarded yourself as the owner of the business and i could often see that naivety causing people to under recruit into those roles uh, and and often that then causes failure so i've seen that quite a lot um and it is hard and i think the the the, the lack of letting go um, is also 
very very tricky i've seen that before so i i think mm. perhaps you're a rare animal alex moore um <laughs> but it's interesting isn't it if you hadn't been intending to actually exit maybe it would have been different i think it would have done very i think it's really tr- i think it's i think it's really tricky because i think alex on that point if you hadn't been exiting um and, and looking for for no earnout, you know would you have removed yourself completely and moved to a different country and not been accessible? Maybe could that work? You know, so you <laughs> yeah. st- lock myself in a little dark room. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The disconnecting is was the key. Was the key. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess for me as well, there's also that element that if if you're building towards something like an exit. But if you're building toward that moment of going, I don't want to do this anymore, there's obviously options where you can look at that organic growth and seeing who's coming through, um, you know, from people within your team that could potentially take on the role. And I guess that's less risky. But of course, that still takes time. I guess I guess the experience for me has been where people have just reached a point and something's happened where they've gone, I need to I need to exit and I need to do it now. And that's where it gets gets really tricky. Okay, well, on that note, I think we could talk about that. And I've got loads of questions for you, Alex, on that. Maybe we'll, we'll pick up again another Founder Hacks. But on that note, um, we're moving on to our red. And, and Ben, you've read something. I did read something. And, and this this will be quite a quick one, I think, because, yeah, my tongue's a little bit in my cheek. But I bumped into this article this week, um, actually came to it through uh, an article about a very prominent entrepreneur and, and, and an acquisition he's just made that's been a little bit problematic um mentioning no names and it links through to this article uh, but i'm going to protect the guilty um but this article is entitled the worst ceos ever um, and it was it's a it's from uh, some news site cnbc but i just found myself reading it and going oh god you know, isn't that an interesting thing to reflect on? That that how are you remembered? Now, I'll, I'll give a couple of very little tiny examples. There's the CEO who used um, what he called knockout men to intimidate store owners and keep them from buying from competitors. There's the CEO that killed six people um, by by what? severe safety um, violations in the company. Uh, I mean, this this CEO um, he 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 ran steel mills. Um, he attempted to lower lower wages in his steel mills. This resulted in 16 deaths um, because there were riots. Um, and he was then shot three times and stabbed twice by an irate <laughs> activist. He did survive oh. and make a full recovery, not that maybe he no. deserved it. But just these stories made me really thoughtful. Um, yeah, there's the, uh, the, the CEO who managed to lose $12 billion off the company's value in six months. There's the CEO who, um, you know, the, the year he left, um, the, 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 the company made a $5 billion loss. Uh, you know, it, it just sort of brings it home, right? And maybe really thoughtful in terms of, you know, sometimes I think we can get so close to what we're doing in our companies and what we're trying to do. Of course, how the world sees you um, in, in time of memorial. I guess it's a question: Does it matter to you? Do, do you, if this was, you know, being written about one of us in twenty, thirty, forty years' time, um, how would that feel? Does it matter? And and you know, how do we make sure that we are, or the shadow we cast in in, in the world is not one that at some stage in the future, um, you know, our grandkids are going to be scared of? What do you think, Alex? I funny, I was. Just today, I was read an article from J.K. Rowling about 
her and her legacy and and you know she's become she stepped into a controversial subject which we don't really need to talk about it's irrelevant to to what we're talking about but they were taking aren't you worried about your legacy and she answered forgive forgive me to quote but she said what a pompous way to live your life walking around thinking what will my legacy be whatever i'll be dead <laughs> i care about, <laughs> i care about now i care about living and i just thought isn't that interesting you know the legacy yeah, just as a, as a something to debate. I don't know. I do think it matters. I do think, you know, when my time comes to pop my clogs, I will care about how I've my my, you know, my my in, the the what I've done in my life to affect others in the world or the planet. I do care. Maybe I don't need to think about that as my legacy, but I do care what I have achieved during my life. I'd like to think that my life has has had a point to it. So for me, yes, I do think it's important. I don't need to dress it up and be a legacy and have an endowment to take poor children of the East End and um, send them to Oxford or something. I, I, you know, which is, I think is, by the way, a noble thing to do. But I don't want to create a legacy. But for me, I'd like to think that my life has mattered when I come to the end of it. Make sense? And do you disagree? Yeah, I uh, I struggle with this one a little bit because I, I I kind of broken it down into three areas where you're going your own legacy and what 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 is it you're looking to achieve for yourself, then the legacy for the business itself and the people within it, and then the legacy on the world, like well, the impact on the world. And I think honestly, I think running a business. Um, is such hard work and some days are easier than others. I think it's I think it's really difficult to please and, and to meet all three of those at at the same time. And I and I, I like to think that I'm a purposeful driven kind of individual and that's that's where I am living my purpose and that's a worthwhile thing to be done and hopefully has a good impact on people. Um but I think there's definitely a responsibility that we have, right? Uh, I mean, some of those stories, I mean, we kind of tongue-in-cheek and we're, we're kind of laughing, right? But some of them are horrendous. Mm. And these CEOs are clearly driven by, I think, what it means for them and, and wealth, etc., and have very little regard for the legacy for the business and the people and the world itself. Um, I think it's just very hard to, to tick all those boxes, and I probably agree a little bit with J.K. Rowling, like like it's about the here and now. And, you know, if you're looking to always do the right thing, hopefully you'll leave the right legacy. If you're looking to do the wrong thing and, and, and be driven by wealth and, and greed, then clearly um, I think you're going to end up in a position where, you know, you, you're going to uh, find yourself in this article. Um, so, uh, yeah, interesting. Mm. I mean, the word that always sort of resonates with me because i do i I do agree i think people who you know talk talk too much about their legacy um it can become really pompous i I, i've seen that and it's true but the word that always has resonated quite nicely for me is custodian is that if you are doing this you are a custodian it is a temporary state of affairs and it is you know you should leave things better than you found them um because that's that's what a custodian should do i think is quite a nice word but uh oh, yeah. I, I love that it i gets, hear that a lot it it's... gets 
Yeah, it gets loosed a lot in football at the moment. A lot of these people yeah. want to buy these football clubs. Go, yeah, no, we're just a custodian, a keeping word. it for the next generation. <laughs> it gets, oh, it's getting overused by these these people wanting to make a lot of money out of football. But Anthony, is that what you was that what you were going to say? Well, when you rudely interrupted me, um, <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I think um, yeah, and I love the word custodian because actually I'm talking to organisations at the moment about their legacy and, and we do it in terms of what their BHAG is or what their North Star is. And um, and what I'm trying to do is that those North Stars or BHAGs have an end date, have a date in which they look to achieve things. And quite often what I'm seeing is that a lot of the integral people on that journey probably won't be there at that point, at that date, because it's a 10 or 15 year journey and not everybody's going to be um, there with you for that whole 10 or 15 years. You probably are, but you're probably one of the very few. So we talk about having that party when you've hit that target, when you've maybe reached your legacy at that point. And who do you invite? Can you invite the people that were the custodians in the first three years that got you from A to B? And then those people that got you from B to C in maybe the next two or three years. So I love that as a as a, a, a sort of thought process of they're custodians and they may only be custodians for two or three years, but there's something to be said for those people. They may only, you know, the average time that somebody works for you at the moment, the average time somebody's in a permanent role, I mean, I think we're getting close to 18, 18 months. Um, we'd need to look at the data, but I think it's like 18 months. So, you know, do they still have a part to play? And certainly if they come into it with a, a point of view of I'm custodian for this 18 months, then... I certainly think they should be at that legacy party. Very cool. Well, we should move on. And I believe uh, that Alex Moore has learned something he would like to share. Oh, I'm oh, doing a learn. Usually it's you, Ben, that do the learn. I'm not allowed to do the learn. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. Um, yes, this was interesting. So we were talking about legacy and the context and the different forms. And I was, I was, it sparked this thought about a meeting I had last week with a guy who owned a multi-site restaurant business. And it was funny. We were just talking about his business and, and uh, he was like, yeah, I've hit a bit of a crossroads. I've kind of, you know, come to the, it was really fun and I've built it and I've kind of come up with all these ideas and I've got the business to where exactly where I wanted, where I want it to be. It's okay. And it's chugging along nicely and I kind of got stuck. And then I had to, I asked, asked him this question. I said, how long have you been doing it then? I knew, almost knew what the answer was going to be. And he went, well, 10 years. And I feel, I keep coming back to this. You know, I sit on a number of boards. I've invested in quite a few different businesses. And I can just see when a founder gets to a 10-year mark, I can see that there is the law, the law of diminishing returns. I can just see that they've, they're, their ability to turbocharge their business has diminished or is about to diminish. And that's always my thing, you know, about, like, I, funnily enough, this is probably centered around my own experiences. I'm, 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 I'm framing it in my own context, sorry. But, you know, I actually walked away from my business after 10 years running it, which was to the day almost, I think it was to the day, from setting it up at the bricks and mortar site to selling it to a private equity firm. And I, I just thought, yeah, if there is a legacy, do you need to build it in 10 days? And that's what I want to throw back at. Sorry, 10 years, not 10 days. <laughs> that's a bit soon. But is there this 10? Have, do you guys think on that? You know, is this is this a number that you've seen? Um, should you try and build something 
and then go on and create you know multiple legacies and is there is a 10-year time frame this is all about founder hacks is that would you counsel founders to try and get in and out of their business in 10 years what what do you think ben no 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 i wouldn't um (laughs) counsel but i recognize it completely because i think i experienced it i did um uh, about 12 years last time it was probably one or two too many um and there was something about 10 years um i wonder if it's a cultural thing i wonder if it is a um you know, again, it's this, this point that's often made about UK entrepreneurs, particularly. We we tend to grow to a point and sell rather than taking businesses all the way, as is, is, is apparently more common in the US. And I've seen some examples of that. Of, of um, it, it seems to me to be more common to meet a founder of a US business, and they've been going for 20 years, 30 years. Um, I think it's also why we start businesses. Um, you know, what's the mythology that we're leaning into when we start these businesses and what do we want out of it um i I sort of wonder if there is something natural i think about cycles of life and and you know maybe you know you grow your business it's it's sort of curious to me that you know 10 years is is how long it takes to get a child into secondary school (laughs) you know what i mean it's from birth to starting secondary school is about 10 years and that's that's another thing it's it's something about we naturally expect things to shift and change over that sort of time scale. Um, so I don't know, um, but I recognize it and I don't know why. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I think it's a bit arbitrary. I, I, cause it's a, cause it's a round number and you know, it's, you kind of feel yourself thinking, yeah, d- does that seem a bit right? But ultimately I think, you know, I've met, I've met entrepreneurs that have said they never sell their businesses and they just, you know, they just grow the next and grow the next and grow the next and and find ways of doing that. Um, And I know entrepreneurs that go in and it's a four year plan um, and and away they go and they they do it for four years. They know what it takes and they know that their their personal exit is going to be in four years time. Um, so I think it varies. I think it. Um, I think it depends on your experience and your, um, yeah, your previous experiences. I wonder if it's you know. I wonder if first-time entrepreneurs if it's slightly longer, and if you do something for ten or so years or close to ten years, whether the next time you're looking for it to be much shorter because it's a long time, isn't it, to be running your own business? Mm. I think it's a long time, and for me, you know, mine was longer than that. Um, and my how long 16, did you run your 16? Uh, I was trying to work it out because that you know, I, I hadn't I had an earn out and etc. etc. But, um, yeah, like 18 years. Um, and that was you know, I wouldn't recommend that, you know, from my own <laughs> personal experience. Um, you know, eight years for, too for long, of, eight years too long, <laughs> well, maybe. But I, I sort of envy the people now that have this kind of four year plan and um or five-year plan and um i i do i like that idea because of i think five years you know because i look at anybody that's new to a business and startup and you know it's going to take at least two or three years to get it off the ground almost you know it's going to take a certain period of time to get things where it's not as reliant on you where you're not doing everything and i just like the idea of having that it feels, you know, that four or five year punchy, I'm going to get it to where I can get it to in five years and then exit. Um, but certainly 18 years 
for me way too way too long and, and lots of lots of lessons learned but also like how many new ideas can you have after 18 years for goodness sake mm-hmm. um, yeah. so it's about the people around you who you bring in because people have clearly done it but not with them at the helm um, so uh, but as I say I do envy people now that go through that four or five year cycle and go yeah every four or five years exit and then the next one um, although I'm not sure about energy levels at that point very good well on that note chaps we are at time so uh, I'll do my best um, to summarise So whilst we've said often on Founder Hacks, your role is to find people better than you at everything, can you ever replace yourself? Whether that's about exit, as so many fantasise about, it always takes time. And employing yourself to someone to replace yourself is maybe a rare thing. Alex proves it's possible, but takes digging deep, letting go, and maybe having the generosity to properly attract the right person to shoulder the load. Legacy isn't something you can control. And maybe like J.K. Rowling, focusing on today rather than pompously focusing on a legacy is a better choice. It's also multidimensional. The business you've forged, the people that you've influenced, and the impact on your society and planet. Maybe it's enough to be aware of your responsibility, that you are, amongst many other things, but a brief custodian, and it is well to leave things well. Finally, the 10-year itch. Is it a real thing? Are you a founder with a shelf life? Overcoming the 10-year mark seems to be a curious challenge for many entrepreneurs, and many do find that that's a time that they need to shift or step away. Whether that time is your time or not, do you take the time to reflect and make sure that you do make the right choice? to step away from your business and move onwards. Okay, that's a good set of founder hacks, guys. Very deep today, I think. Very interesting. It remains to say, of course, a massive thank you to Alex Moore. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks for listening. And an equally massive thank you to Anthony Enright. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Ben. Please do remember, if you would like to uh, subscribe to our newsletter, letting you know when a new Founder Hacks has dropped, you can head over to atomics.co.uk slash Founder Hacks and sign up there. Until next time, I've been Ben Thomas. This has been Founder Hacks, and thank you very much indeed for listening. (laughs) 